0: Welcome to We Gotta Talk, a live weekly talk show and podcast where we like to dig deep. From health to relationships to alternative lifestyles and more, the one thing you will always get is a deep dive. I'm Sunny, a 15-year veteran of TV news, freelance writer, blogger, mom of three, and wife. But most of all, I'm just a die diehard oversharer. Someone who's genuinely curious about, well, everything around me. And I can't wait for you to join in on these conversations that I promise will impact, inspire, and entertain you. Now, let's talk. I like your pony. You like it? It's, um, I had to do something. I'm like sweaty from the day. So I was like, I'm doing a jacket. And I have a jacket, I have to do a pony. It's a whole thing. <laughs>
1: You know, you look like you look like Baby Sunny. I mean, you look like one of your Baby Sunny pigs. Oh, do you want- <laughs> like,
0: mm-hmm. I? Like that's because lots of Botox right here, so I have no wrinkles left. That, uh, when you get Botox? Yes. You don't get Botox? No, no? you don't because you eat it. Um, yeah, just I mean, I get really does it hurt? High. No. Oh, I've had my face poked and prodded for years with those needles. I don't even care. Yeah.
1: It's, well, you go to a good doctor because I can't tell. So keep going to whoever you go to because they thanks. do a good job. It looks good. Yeah. Really yeah,
0: they're good, and I feel like um, that's the key. But see, you can tell now, right? Because I can't get angry mm. when I that
1: yell. If you can't move now.
0: When I yell at the kids, I'm just like, trust me, I'm angry. <laughs> you <can't do>
1: <laughs> You're, <laughs> You're so cute. cute. Oh, oh my, my god. god.
0: Lord. Okay. We're going to do this all together right now. Okay. So you're the first show where I'm doing a little visual segment. So do you want to talk makeup with me before we get into the nitty gritty of everything yes, else? Yes. Yes. Of,
1: of course. Welcome to this
0: episode. I think this is 98, the 98th episode of We Gotta Talk. Ooh. We have a really good episode. Today we have my good friend Nikki Bowers, who is representing Las Vegas at the moment. It's your current city, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because- and Nick, I'm so excited to talk with you today. We're like, we're going to do it all. A little friend catch up, little celebrity hot gossip, because mm-hmm. that's okay with your web show. And we're going to talk about that as well. And we're also going to dig into some of the social issues that have been happening over the past year. Black Lives Matter, all the racial issues tensions and things that we've been seeing manifesting in our society that you and I, I know have been able to talk about candidly as friends, yeah. but you no, know, I mean, we're just going to cover it all. So anyhow, Nikki is a, what, 15 year veteran of television news. Is it 15?
1: Almost 15. It'll be 15 in January. So okay. pretty good. Yeah. Very close. Cool. Yeah. And you're the host of
0: undeniably Nikki, a YouTube series where you, and sometimes your hysterical sister, <laughs> should, yeah. sit down and talk about all things life. So, yeah. Multifaceted, and I love you for it. Oh, I love you, Bunny. Um, oh, I, call her, I call her Bunny. She's Sunny Bunny. That's that's my nickname. That's how I know that it's a true it's a true friend. Yeah. Nick, I'm trying this thing where because these shows, if you're listening on the podcast. Just a heads up, these are video two, and you can watch them on Facebook, facebook.com slash we got to talk, YouTube, wherever. Um, But I'm trying to do some visual things. So you're my first guest I've ever done. I usually do this alone, but we're running low on time. So you're gonna be here for the video (laughs) one, okay. You know, when well, Nikki, you love you love makeup too, right? You're a little beauty junkie, a little bit. No, I don't wear makeup. I
1: don't have any makeup on right now. That's stupid because you look perfect. Your skin. <laughs> Thank you. I'm feeling bad because I didn't have time to put any on, and I'm like, uh, like not even anything. No, I have. You know what I have on my lips?
0: What? Vaseline. Yes, oh, you were making me feel like the Hag of the Century. I'm not like Vaseline on my, oh. my lips. That's it. That's it. You know what I do with Vaseline at night, right here on the orbital bone. I lock oh. in eye cream. Yeah, push in place, real good. And it just like I feel like it makes whatever
1: active ingredient is in there just penetrate the skin a little more. Yeah. I've been putting. I used to put Vaseline on my face every night, but now I'm doing something different. Oh, ignore my nails. I'm getting them done tomorrow. I do something different now. I do this oil. It's um. It's called. It's like a rose. It's got roses infused in it. Ooh. And it's um, it's just. You a- it? Huh? You know who makes it? I don't remember offhand, but I got it off of Amazon, and it's for like your hair, nails, and skin. So, and, like, please don't tell me that's the only skincare product you use because you have perfect skin. And I'm going to just crap myself if that's all oh, you. Do. That's all you.
0: That's all you use.
1: Yeah. I have like this cream that my uh dermatologist gave me a long time ago that if I feel like I have a blemish coming, I'll put it on there. Yeah. But I, I only use that when I feel like I have a blemish coming. And my dermatologist actually, she was so funny. She told me she's like, I appreciate you for coming because that shows you care about your skin. She's like, But you really don't even need to be here. <laughs> You know
0: you have <laughs> good skin when your doctor's like, listen, you're wasting your coke.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh no. But I yeah, I, I, I use oil and um lotion and that's it. I I don't do anything else really. Well, for all of us who need a little, <laughs> 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 I feel like I, I should be doing more. I feel like no, you I need to do preventative measures or something.
0: No, I mean you could wear sunblock or sunscreen. You're living in Vegas, which we know has extremely warm temperatures and bright sun. I do and that. You know. I wear sunscreen. Yeah. That's all you really need. Oh I mean, God. like you literally don't have. Just get close for one second. I don't even see a pore. Nick. Oh my gosh. It's not fair. In all fairness, I um, I just got a diamond facial. I'm getting really close and personal now, but um, suck all of the gunk out of your pores. I have um, greasy Italian skin. It's like a thing in our family. We're hundred percent Italian. We have very like oily skin and it makes my pores, this is so gross right now, but it like- I love make- it stretches them out almost with, good, oh. it helps with wrinkles, the oilier you are, the less wrinkle prone you are, but I just get clogged up. So the diamond facial is highly recommended. They like literally suck it out and then they show you this canister and there's all your like dead skin floating around are in it.
1: Serious? Okay. So I have a horror story about a facial. Okay. I got a facial when I went to my dermatologist here for the first time, yeah. I, I got a facial by her facial girl. Right. And this is when she was like, my dermatologist was like, you know, no offense, but you really don't even need to be here. She's like her facial girl gave me a facial. My skin's sensitive. So I think that's why doing nothing works
0: mm-hmm. for me,
1: because when I got that facial, my skin was literally on fire and I had hives for a <gasps> whole
0: oh no that's the sign yeah. of reaction for sure yeah you know, so
1: she was like a retinol it's called isn't it called retinol? Uh, yeah retinol yeah, like like, a derivative yes that cream at the end face on fire hives everywhere and that's yeah
0: why would you, that's a kind of strange like never used a skincare product and she's putting full-on retinol in your face yeah that's, that's like is. a baby complaint waiting to happen i'm just <laughs> saying <laughs> Well, she, she
1: doesn't, just, doesn't work there anymore. I, mean, I wonder
0: why. <laughs> <laughs> pops up on Yelp and it's like ha- like singed off, it's, like, yeah. do not do that.
1: it's just like. That is too much for your skin. Don't do, yeah. just keep
0: doing what you're doing to your skin for yourself. I, I will say um, the less, the better. And I believe that. The only reason I don't adhere to that is because I'm just like addicted to products in general. It's fun. But you are the- a product junkie. You are. What would I do? I'm going to get to no, this. Wait segment yes. at some point. Hold on. Let me put the cap on. What would I do with the news station? Do you remember? So,
1: Bunny would come to work at least once every couple of months and literally have all of these products that she just bought shopping and just give, like shopping bags of products, <laughs> she'd be, like free for all. She put them on an empty desk and she'd send an email. I got these products. Everyone who wants to you know, come check them out and grab something. Come check them out. And then she would always tell me first so I can come look at them first. Oh, my and God. the first time I went, one of the, it was the first or second time. I go over and I'm looking at the products. And literally, and this is stuff that's, like, not used a lot. Like, you can tell she probably opened it once and then she didn't like it, so she got rid of it.
0: Yeah, and I'm very, you know, hygienic
1: with my stuff. Yeah. Is oh, that yeah. <laughs> I literally go over there and I said, <laughs> I said, girl, what you doing with this? This is some wrap lotion. This is what black folks use on our hair. She literally <laughs> had a lot of it that I only see in like black beauty supplies that black folks use. And I was just like, and I was like, and I took it. Didn't I take it? I was like, I'll take this all sheen, I'll take this wrap lotion. <laughs> it was like, um, it was a moisturizing phone. And yeah. I
0: do, I mean, for being a like white i i have very like um you know usually white girls have, have thick hair really thick of course like i multiple times heat style this to get it smooth it's it's underneath it's very coarse and i have kinky curls underneath like in um not not a like smooth way like they're they're yeah. core of the hair is open you know so yeah. i i try everything i mean some of my favorite products are like <laughs> like these great drugstore finds that are always like I don't know. I just try everything and I was like, okay, I didn't even realize. Like, this was like, actually-
1: you, were like you were like, oh yeah, I used that to smooth my hair down. <laughs> and it works with my I said, oh my gosh, Nick. I love it.
0: All right. So, this is a good find for the holidays. Nikki you won't need this. You might. I found this recommended on a blog post recently. It's the Makeup Forever Ultra HD invisible cover stick foundation but here's how we're going to use it we're going to get this flat pro foundation brush by sephora and just tippity tippity tap i have no um i I have a little concealer on because well i do but but you're gonna see how well this covers and i have been using and loving this and so every week i'm going to show you guys something cool on this part of the show so you can actually come and see something interesting visually at work you know what, I like the way you do your concealer. Yes, oh my gosh, that's the thing. You start in the corner, if you're looking to the podcast, we're starting in the corner with a flat foundation brush and we're like tippity, tippity, tap it all the way to the outer part of the eye and then uh-huh. you bring it down to the crease of your nose and kind of like that. Almost like a little triangle, but don't go too heavy.
1: So if I do go out somewhere with my friends, I wear like concealer. If I go anywhere fancy, I do concealer and then I do bronzer, oh, yeah. Okay. And mascara. Like that's what I do. so the thing is okay so i used to use a brush like that for my concealer but then i've been seeing all these makeup bloggers they use a sponge which one's better i don't so i went sponge yesterday i like i like a brush personally there are a lot of
0: beauty sponge fans but the thing with that is you have to use a damp so you run it under your faucet squeeze it out so it's like partially it's it's not even damp it's like barely damp and then you just Bounce it, and it does really give a natural finish. I okay. just don't do it because when I do my makeup, it's like not near a sink; it's on a like a vanity, kind of far away, and I I just nice. lazy. But I think it works for some people. I do like a brush though. And then if you're doing just concealer too, this is good for you, Tunic. If that's your main makeup that you wear, just I like to, in addition to doing under eye in that area, because see how that looks white now, and the rest kind of you still see redness. Always get your skin a little bit too. I'm not supposed to I'm putting all that shit right back in my pores that I just had sucked out, but you get the picture. <laughs> and then see how it gives you a little bit of face without being... Yeah, available? yeah. Right? They, they, look so good. Smooth. they look so smooth. It's a really good foundation. And this is coming yeah. from someone who used to work in TV and knows good foundations that are natural. So anyway, highly recommend. I will leave a link in comments. When What's the name of it again? It's Makeup Forever. And it's in this little stick. In a box like that it's called the ultra hd i'll put it in show notes too stick and this is this is a little i think i need to get shade matched a little better but it's y315 so anyway
1: there we go how you like that for visuals nick i love it it looks good (laughs) i love when you talk about makeup and stuff and like um skincare products yeah i mean you know it's it's sometimes because i don't I'm not a big makeup y person, but I love looking at people do their makeup. It's so it's, weird. It's, I don't like doing it myself, but I love looking at other people.
0: Well, now and you're in TV too. So you're in that visual world where you see when mm-hmm. you're hosting your own stuff and you you're very keenly aware of like branding and like having to look good for certain things. I do think gives you value even in watching those tutorials if you're not doing it every day, because then you kind of come away with an understanding of
1: like, okay. You do, you do. Yeah. And then also like for me. I only don't, I think I only don't wear makeup um, every day or a lot because I feel like it suffocates my skin. I don't like my skin feeling like it's suffocated.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: when I do wear it, I do remember those little techniques or tips that they. Mm-hmm. Have said. So I think that's why I love watching it. Now my sister, she loves to put a beat on every day. <laughs> Does she? Well, she yeah. has a salon, and she is in that visual world. Yep, exactly.
0: She can do the whole laughter. You guys, oh my god! First of all, I have to say, you have to watch Undividedly Nikki on YouTube. You're you and your sister, like yeah, I was belly laughing at your episode. We're talking about the edible that you oh. had, and I mean, like your. I can't handle it. Your um vibe together and like sense of sisterly humor is just so
1: funny. I can't Isn't handle it, funny? it. It's just, that's just, and, and this is what I tell people that is us not even on camera. And sometimes I wish I had like a private camera to capture us because we're, I just feel like we're even funnier when we're not on camera because even though she's hilarious still, she also holds back a little bit because she's, terrified. she's, terrified.
0: yeah, I can tell that. Oh, to see yeah. It. I died with plaid. Um, You know what actually killed me is a while back on Facebook, Nikki's sister did this whole like eighteen part meme. It was all separate images on Facebook about like her dating history and like oh it was. I can't handle it. I uh, I was (laughs) admittedly uh, my control is poor. She's just one of those people. You just have to watch undeniably,
1: Nikki. Yeah, she's one of the people. She shoots straight from the hip. She mm-hmm. never sugarcoats anything, and she doesn't even know what being PC means. Like that is not her. Like me, I'm like I'm very PC. I I am, but I'm also very honest. But yeah. I also, when I'm honest, I'm a sugarcoater because I don't like to hurt people's feelings. My sister's like, no, she's shooting it straight, no chaser. So,
0: money. That's how my sister and I are too. You and I are very alike. We're like,
1: <laughs> oh, this my sister's <laughs> like, what? I'm like, yes. give
0: me some of that.
1: Yeah. I- <laughs> I admire that. I really wish I was more like that. But I always feel bad that I'm going to hurt someone's feelings. So I always like. And so sometimes when we're doing the um, episode together, it's funny my reaction to her because it's so genuine because I'm just like. Like, I can't believe you said that. The look she gives (laughs) you, she's like, just
0: looks over at you. And it's all you look like over and she, you feels like seen right away. And you're just like, oh my (laughs) God, it's so fun. I feel like most sisters where there's just two, it's like that. I don't know why God makes it like that. You get like one of each kind of, but Mm -hmm. um, you guys are so close. I love, I love hearing your like rapport. It's super. So, I want to talk to you because um, well, first of all, I just wanted to catch up and I thought this would be a great way to do it. Um, let's tell everybody how the, about the wacky world of TV news in Florida, which is how we met and the shit that went on every day was just, I mean, people ask what it's like to work in news. yeah And then you add to that, the level of Florida news and sure. Oh my God. Here's what I laugh at all the time too, is people are like, Oh, I'm like a true crime junkie. Like, oh, I love watching like. So you would have like <laughs> okay. You clearly never worked in news where you like get pictures of, you know. And I mean, it's enforcing. disturbing. Yeah. It's disturbing. And and to me, I run from that kind of stuff now after mm-hmm. what we mm-hmm. said. We worked at the news desk. What was the craziest <laughs> report? I didn't want to say that because it sounds like we're trivializing people's tragedies. So wait, let me stop and okay. re- I want you to just tell us what it was like to actually work in a world where that was not a plot line in a TV show, yeah. or an actor, act, it was real life. I have to imagine it was, cause I was an anchor and I kind of sat on the
1: other end of the report. So you know? it was hard for me because not only did I work as a producer, but then I also worked at the news desk too. So right. often I would have to try to get the information uh some days of the week, but then the other days of the week, I would have to write about it as a producer. So I would have to dive in even deeper and read everything where sometimes I feel like when you work at the assignment desk, you can kind of just get the info, maybe read it a little, and then you just let it go. Mm-hmm. But when you're like a producer or a reporter, you have to dive in it deeply and and that's disturbing, you know, and, and that's kind of like one of the things I'm dealing with now in um Las Vegas as a digital media producer slash social media manager, it's hard, it's really hard on me. And and I've already come to the conclusion that I'm done. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I'm gonna get out. I don't know when it will happen. I just know this is not for me anymore because it is weighing on me. It's it's taxing to Mm -hmm. have to see crime every single day and never, like if you think about it, you don't get a break from it because you also have to come to the table table with story ideas. So therefore you're also constantly always looking at the news, trying to come up with different ideas that you can present that maybe we can do a story on. So you're in the thick of it while you're at work, then you come home, you try to decompress a little bit, but then you have to get back into it because you gotta have a story idea for the next day. This is like every day. So it's kind of like you don't really get to decompress from it, and it weighs on you. Like there are so many reports that I can see about children before it. Like it's very disturbing, and it's like I to to have to read that all the time. It, it's not normal, and and so it, it's too much. It's,
0: too, it's much. too much. And I mean that's why I you know I I joke about these people who are like true crime addict. I mean I respect that that's a thing, but it's clearly no one that's ever worked in that world. Like I can't imagine a cop coming home or a private investigator coming home and like, oh my God, I can't wait to see what's on. Like I don't even and know.
1: True, anything. oh true, true, true.
0: no. There's true. no one. nope. I mean, it was um and and again, I'm only speaking not even as someone who's on the first line. That is something we have to say too. Those reporters that really? firsthand crime scenes before they've been taped up accident yes major crimes. I mean, that kind of stuff can really, really weigh on you, which is why I go back and say people think that I'm joking or that I'm being flipped in some way. But journalism to me is a service industry. It is. Part, you know, because the shit that, we, that people do to yeah. tell you what's going
1: on in the world is yeah, legitimately terrifying. I have one of my best friends here. She was, so we both got called in. We were on call the night that one October happened. And I was on call for web. She was on call. She wasn't even on call as a reporter. Her boyfriend was on call, but they Mm -hmm. called her in too, because it was like all hands on deck after that happened, after the one October shooting. So Vegas, in Vegas, yeah, Mm -hmm. in Las Vegas. And she still to this day, like she said, she didn't even realize how much seeing bloody bodies or people who are shot and stuff like that going by her. She didn't realize how much it really weighed on her and affected her until. She got out the business because now she's out the business. She works for like the government and she just was like she had like one day where she like it just she just start crying. And she realized like that really affected her because wow. in business, you don't really have time to process. It's just oh. go, 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 you know, so you don't really have time to kind of just process, you know, um, mm-hmm. what's going on. You got to You got to get it out, you know. Oh
0: you do. And and I have been a vocal advocate for therapy. I mean, god, I've been in therapy yeah. in and out for I don't know, 10, 15 years. I yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah, it's the best. You need a third-party objective thing, but yeah. the, there there was a time I remember we were um covering, uh, I don't know, it was just like a package which is just like a pre-taped story and it was about a child who was sick and there was some. And I it was at the end after we covered it was toward right before I left. So we had covered the Casey Anthony trial live, which a very taxing thing Very taxing. on set talking about a dead child. And then mm-hmm. we covered the George Zimmerman trial, which was yeah. eight hours daily on set talking about a dead child. And, yeah. and one day I remember sitting and, and you know, when these stories are running, right. These pre-taped stories, obviously the anchors, we just like sit and chit chat or we do our note, we do whatever. And I just remember looking at my co-anchor Bob and I was like, I just lost it. I was like, I've, I've, I've hit it. I hit my boiling point. Like I need yeah. to just step away. And it was yeah. something about that story or that moment It was the, just the, sort of comp- compilation of all of these like <gasps> combinations should say of all these
1: feelings and it's it's intense and when people yeah, say oh, exactly that, really like, intense. Yeah. why did that feel that's why yeah and people don't and and people you know it's so crazy because everyone thinks it's so glamorous our mm-hmm. job mm-hmm. and yeah it could be glamorous if you're on a red carpet and doing stuff like that but it really isn't glamorous because Right. What they're not seeing is everything that leads up to getting to that moment, you know, and they're not seeing that, okay, yeah, you're on a red carpet, but you are also just sweating in the sun, hoping that people will stop by and talk to you, and then, okay, someone's going to come, and then you're trying to go, 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 and then have oh time. To- when you're out reporting, here's you. you yeah. Got <laughs> There's no bathroom.
0: There's no bathroom <laughs> in sight. Your pit sweat is down to your yeah. waist. You're like, wait, hold on, like, talking to your camera. I mean, yeah. it's it's intense. And then you got to get on camera and look nice. And that's for good stories, let alone this stuff. I will say, you know, I toyed with the idea of like, what would it be like to do entertainment reporting? And maybe I'm just a real sick bastard. But at the end of the day, I always felt like working in news felt, I don't know, it felt more. No, this is not a judgment is goal. Morning. Morning, more meaningful to me in a way, mm-hmm. because while entertainment provides a distraction that we all need, it wasn't for me. It didn't feel right to I don't know, I guess, do that path. But I see people doing that, and I'm like, maybe that, I should have done something like that. <laughs> maybe i could <gotta laughs> to talk about my makeup all damn day instead of, you
1: know. <laughs> No, uh, I, totally, I totally get where you're coming from. Um, especially when, like you said, we, we worked in a situation too in Orlando, like just Florida in general, with all the crazy news in Florida. Cause I never even did give an example on that. Like to me, like one of the craziest things was and it didn't even happen in the Orlando area. It was, um, hold on, sorry. It was um, the incident that happened in Miami where the person did like the bath salts. I think they like, and then they ate that man's face on the highway. That's under a bridge in Miami. June under State. a bridge. And I remember I was all- blue. I had never heard anything so crazy in my life. That a person is naked, literally just eating another person's face under a bridge, like eating it. And and I remember I was just like, what the heck? And then to me, Orlando was a little traumatizing news-wise for me because I didn't understand why there were so many women who were going missing and never being found.
0: Nikki, oh, my God. And that pissed me out. Yes. You know, we have high-profile cases here. The Jennifer Kessie case comes to mind. she was, I believe, in her late 20s when she went missing. And Michelle, uh, uh, what was her name, Michelle? Oh, gosh, yes. Oh, I can't remember. I we know two kids with that, that bail guy, Michelle. That. Yes. And here's what, here's what, here, oh my God, you remember this too, right? So that happens. Their parents come in the studio and meet these people. We met Trayvon Martin's parents right after it happened. Come in and these parents are, you are clean people on their literal worst day. Worst of- day. Yes. yes. It is uh, not that it's about us or about me or I, but you really, um, I don't know.
1: You, That's hard to do. That's hard to deal with that. That is honestly, too, one of the reasons I want out of local news, because I personally think there should be some type of rule, just in all of journalism, don't don't call people or knock on their door after they literally just went through the worst Thing that can ever happen to them of losing a loved one. I think it is so insensitive of us. I know that's our job. I know that's our job to get out there, get that face in front of uh, what happened, the tragedy, so that we can try to get you know the police to come. But I just think it's so insensitive. I, I just hate it. I hate that about our business. Right. And I mean, it's interesting because there
0: were people who really wanted right away. To share yeah. one story, right? It was cathartic to them, almost in a way. There are people who rightfully chase our reporters right off the front step, and we're like, "What the hell are you doing?" Right? So you yeah. understand either reaction, but it's um.
1: And the, just, I think the people who want, I think there needs to be a system put in place where we give a number, and you know, we say the family, if you would like for us to the if you would like to talk to the media, you call us but we're going to give you your time and then we'll reach out to you. If you, you know, I just think there needs to be something put in place because like I said, I feel like it puts the reporters in danger I've had, like, I know people who are reporters who have people have literally like threatened to like shoot them oh because God. they knocked on their door to see if they wanted to talk about a tragedy that they just experienced right. literally day of <laughs> or the next day and i just think we we can't put the reporters in danger like that and we have to be respectful to people who are going through a rough time you know yeah i like there could be some type something put in place to i don't know better do that
0: That's yeah just- it, it's it's a really imperfect science at the moment you know because people are are doing their best to get this information out and to connect with these people and help the world know what happened yeah. if they get information on something but i just it's, it's gut-wrenching to see these. It is. It's awful. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know how you're doing, Nick, because we talked. This has been a year, to be honest and frank, about race and racism. And yeah. you, know, you and I talked offline about all of this, these difficult conversations that friends were having, or maybe not even friends, people that were of different races, white people, black people, other yeah. people of color. I want to know, after this year, so we're recording this obviously in December. We're yeah. kind of coming off of what was a height of discussions on racism. How you are right now, and then we're going to rewind and kind of talk about what happened this summer with BLM.
1: Um, I'm okay right now. I'm, I'm in a much better headspace than I was in um, earlier this year, as far as like yeah. you know, when George Floyd happened. When when George Floyd happened, it literally. I, I just felt something just break in me um, in regards to that. I, I think it was, you know as a Black woman, growing up as a Black person, I've always known that these are injustices that my people deal with on a regular. Um, and I've always learned to compartmentalize, if you will, of how to deal with it. Because you know what? I have to continue to go on with my everyday life of going to work in a business where there's majority white people. And so I can't go in there with an anger or anything like that. But in this situation with George Floyd, it was such a blatant disregard for life. It was such a blatant disregard for this black man's life. And um, I looked at him and I saw, that could have been an uncle of mine. That could have been a cousin of mine. um, That could have been anyone in my family. That could have been me. And it just, it hit me differently. And I think with his step, it hit everyone differently. And I think, I don't know if it's because we were, we're in pandemic and we had to be quarantined. So everyone's home. So you have to pay attention. It's not this, you know, you kind of just see the push alert about it, but you continue to go about your normal life and, you know, running around and stuff. You were literally home. You had no choice but to watch it. And like I said, things like this have always affected me, Um, but it affected me as I've been hurt I've cried about it. I've, I've been attached to the story a little bit, but then I I keep going. With George Floyd, it was like it stalled me. It, it, it just hurt me so deeply. And, and I think it was just too because here is a grown man who's almost 50 years old who's calling for his mama. Oh my god. And in that moment, like that shows the amount of pain that someone had to be going to, going mm-hmm. through to revert back to a childhood where when a child is vulnerable and a child is in pain, the first person they call for is their mama. So that just shows the amount of agony
0: that he had
1: to be going through. And for that, that officer, and I say that loosely, because for him to not even give a damn, for him to not even adjust to that, react to that, not even care. Like it it was just, it, it was just something with that that just really hurt me. Um, I'm in a better space now that but I was on edge. I was I was depressed. I got depressed um, about just everything that was going on. And it was mostly just because, too, I was seeing so many friends who I had who weren't my black friends, who were white, who just didn't seem to care and who was not being an anti-racist, you know. They You know, it was always, you know, well, you know, I'm not racist. You know what? I know you're not racist, but I need you to be anti-racist. I need you to speak out against atrocities like this and show that you care. Mm -hmm. It is enough. You can't be quiet anymore.
0: Right.
1: You can't be quiet. And, um, I mean, I, I definitely feel like I'm in a better space. Um, that was actually one of the reasons too. I knew that I'm, I was done with television news. Um, I, I, you know, during pandemic, I've had a lot of soul searching and a lot of deep thoughts and a lot of coming to realizations. And that was one of the reasons I had that thought of. I think I'm done because I wanted to be on the forefront in protests in Las Vegas because it touched me and it it hurt me that much. I wanted to be out in the street with my people saying, stop killing us like our lives matter. We deserve a chance to if you stop us you question us take us in and leave it at that we deserve to be able to go home to our families too you know um we deserve the right to actually be like wait why are you stopping me without being shot and killed you know um i wanted to do that but because i'm a journalist i couldn't right and um that was hard for me that was so hard for me and so that was like another realization of like there's so much more in life and there's so much more that i can be doing to actually give back and do my purpose and feel like I'm doing good. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons I became a journalist because I wanted to always feel like I'm, I'm doing something good to help the world. And I don't really feel like I'm doing that anymore. I feel like because I'm a journalist, I can't do as much as I want right. to do good and help the world.
0: Why am I, I'm asking this question with full knowledge of the fact that you do not speak for the entire black community, nor do I the entire white community, I have to put that disclaimer there, um, yeah. conversation between friends and just as straight up and honest as possible. Why is it really hard for white people to care? And why is it really hard for white people sometimes to acknowledge a position of privilege? Because yeah. I'm sure that's been a, a point of frustration as you've seen these subsequent
1: conversations come out
0: right. after George Floyd.
1: So I, and like I said, like you said, I can't speak for communities. Um, I can just, from my own experience, I think think it's hard for white people to one, um, acknowledge their privilege. I think it's hard because I think a lot of white people, when they hear privilege, they think monetarily, they Mm -hmm. think money, they think. And so people who don't have money, they're like, I work hard for everything I got. I worked hard for this money. I'm not privileged, but I don't think they really understand what privilege means. And I think if they truly understood what privilege mean means, they would get it. So oh. privilege, when we say you're privileged, we're saying—and I had this conversation with you, Bunny—and um, which you under you understand privilege, but I was just you know kind of giving my like point of view. When we say you're privileged, we're saying you are privileged because of the skin that you were born in, mm-hmm. the skin that you were born in that you are immediately given the benefit of the doubt, because of your scan, you are immediately going to be, you're in a system that benefits you. That is not a system that works against you. Like people, this, the, the entire system of the American, uh, the, the U S it is not a system that was set up to benefit people who look like me are people who are brown or are, are minorities in general. It is a system that is set up to benefit white people. So when we say privilege like that, we mean like your white skin is your privilege. Mm-hmm. You know, um, The fact that you have children and you don't have to talk to them about how to interact with the police. You don't have to have the talk. We call it the talk in the black community. and And basically it is a talk to basically say, if you are ever stopped by the police your only job is to get home alive oh, so and as as a mother you've never thought about of uh, possibly ever having to have that conversation that is a privilege as a, a white woman to never have to think about to have that conversation i have a friend he is 6'4, big black man but literally a teddy bear Mm-hmm. His son is eight years old, but because of his son's height, because he's gonna be big like his dad, he looks like he's about ten years old or whatever. So even you know when he gets eleven, he's probably gonna hit a growth spurt and be even bigger. He had to have this talk with his son at eight years old. Oh my God. That's my son.
0: My son's age. Yeah. I. I mean, that to me is explanation enough. If you are oh, if you are white and you don't get that, the the problem is. And the problem is you. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I, I hate to be frank, and I'm not holding myself up as a paradigm or example of anything, but mm-hmm. if, if we could get to the core of understanding this issue from a mother's perspective, yeah. a yeah. sister's, a brother's, a family member's, I mean, it, it to me is beyond comprehension why people have difficulty accepting that. And and listen, I, I'm no historian, but when you say the system the government in the United States, yeah. It, I mean, history reveals just based on our history of slavery and, yeah, uh, you know, why we fought the Civil War. If, uh, this is how our our country was set up, and we have moved away from it in some
1: ways. But I and think, was, would I would ever, implore people, and, and speaking of history, I hate to interrupt you, but I would implore people to watch 13. Um, the 13th, it's called 13th. Is it on Netflix? 13, yeah, it's on Netflix. And it's by Ava DuVarnay. It is a documentary. And and she has people from the the right side of the aisle on it, people from the left side of the aisle. She has all these historians. And they're basically talking about how the 13th Amendment, so the 13th Amendment, it abolished slavery. But if you really look at the 13th Amendment, if you look at what is put in place for that, it abolished slavery, but it also allows for slavery servitude to to pretty much happen in the way this country is set up, like with the prison system. For a crime, it says, right? Exactly. So yes, okay, so yes, Black people were freed and slavery was abolished with the 13th Amendment. But guess what? Also, there were laws that were put into place, like no loitering and stuff like that. So you have all these free slaves. They're free, right? Mm -hmm. But where do they go? They have no land. They have no money they have nothing. They're literally going with just whatever's on their back and that's it. So a lot of the times they're loitering in a place because they're still trying to figure out what to do. What to and do next. That's what, they have officers arrest them, put them in jail for years for loitering, and that is the way that they were able to get right. the, basically have them doing the same thing that they were doing when they were slaves. So it's just so many different things about like explaining how how our systems are set up were set up to still enslave black people um but the people who are like you who have white skin you benefit from it so you don't even realize that that's happening you know have you seen is there if you seen anything to indicate that lessons from this
0: year will stick in a meaningful way. And I don't necessarily mean just policy wise or changes that we'll see from the top down, yeah. but I mean, on your person person level, um, being friends with a lot of white people, is there anything that has happened that makes you think, okay, you know what? This year got through to people or no?
1: Um, <laughs> so if you would have asked me this before the election i would have said yes i would have said definitely um but considering and the reason i would have said yes is because i feel like after george floyd after that happened um there were so many there was such a big movement of people who were non-black who were trying to understand and who were trying to like say how can i do my part what can i do help me to understand of how i can be anti-racist and help to break, tear down a system that does not benefit everyone. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. I felt like we had more people doing that. But then um, and you had more white women who who felt his cry as mothers Mm -hmm. who were speaking out and who were, you know, coming out to protest and stuff like that. Um, But then when you see the election and you see that I think it was last year, there was 45 percent of white women voted for Donald Trump. And then this year, that went up to 55. <laughs> it kind of makes you feel like maybe not. Um, so I, I want to still have hope and believe that change, good, good, authentic change can come out of this. Um, but the stats, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know. The stats just kind of made me think differently. Because how can you see everything that has happened, um, everything, and I'm not trying to get political, but I'm just saying everything that we have gone through in 2020 and just not make different decisions. Um, And I think a lot of people, I think for a lot of white people, it's because they think it doesn't affect them. So if, if something doesn't really affect you, you don't really put stock into it, right? You don't really care as much. But I think that is the biggest mistake the white community can make to think that it doesn't affect them, because if there is inequality anywhere, if there is injustice anywhere, it hurts everyone. It hurts, hurts justice everywhere. Yep, exactly.
0: Um, so, um, and, and again, not asking you to be like you know, Professor Nikki here, but. If we were talking as friends, which we are, but just with an audience this time, yeah. how do people remain anti-racist? They've done say, um, ways of educating themselves on the injustices that exist. They've had difficult conversations. They've gotten to a place where perhaps they've acknowledged their privilege. What What do you do next? Like I, I do feel like some white people are just like, you know, he, here's what I heard on Instagram a lot after being vocal about my support. Um, from the people who were non-hostile, it was, well, yeah, I mean, of course I feel that way. Like, what do you want me to do? Go outside with a banner and like hang on my house? I'm like, I don't know actually what I want you to do because I'm not Black and I'm not personally like, you know, I haven't been um, persecuted or or challenged in a meaningful way. So, but then taking that question to anyone in the Black community feels also kind of like, oh, well, really all you're getting is one person's opinion. But I do think one opinion is, better than none, so if someone were to want to continue to break those
1: injustices, what would they do? I I think it's important to keep educating yourself, to keep um, evolving as much as possible. And one of the ways to do that is to actually like follow Black leaders, to actually follow, you know, um, like for example, you're a content creator, you know? So follow Black content creators, support, black businesses um support black charities just talk to your black friends if you have black friends and just be like you know show that you care and just be like you know what this is really messed up what's going on i don't know what to do i want to be better i want to do my part to help how can i help you know and if they are true friends, they're going to try to help you, you know, um, there's just so much you can do. But the most important thing is to, to, to get outside your bubble. If mm-hmm. your bubble, it's mostly people who look like you, you, you need to know, learn more. Cause when you're experiencing different people, you're experiencing people outside of what, you know, outside of your own culture all the time, mm-hmm. um, what, what, that is how you learn, you know, that's how you learn. You I feel like so I know the Italian, I, I'm not an expert, but I feel like I know a lot about the Italian the Italian race. Is it race? Would it be race or race? I don't know, culture culture, 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 the Italian culture because of you and then my friend Alicia Papacoda. I yep. had never Pass. known anything about the Italian culture other than what I've seen on movies. And we know how that can be represented on movies. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You- here most of the stereotypes are correct. I'm just <laughs> but it's like and I feel like you maybe know more about my community through knowing me you know what I'm saying I think it's important for us to get outside our bubbles and to try to get to know just so many different peoples like I just always joke and say that my friends like my group of friends were like the United Nations because literally one of my best friends is Arabian and Indian Puerto Rican and Mexican Guatemalan Black um Salvadorian white so I used to always I right. am Asian, Sheryl in LA, Asian. So I used to say I had like the United Nations of friends, and I used to joke about it. But honestly, now that I think about it, that is such a good thing to, to be because you learn. Yes. I mean, and I, we
0: had this whole episode a couple of weeks back where this applies politically too. Like you don't get to live in an echo chamber anymore. No Everybody. one's going to punch on your back and surround you with people who agree only with what you think politically. Um, yeah or or fight like no like we're 2020 2021 like we're beyond that now and yeah. and I think it's a character flaw to only be comforted and surround yourself by people in the same I do I mean I know that sounds hard you have no desire to understand I'm not saying you have to, like go drop your best friends for 35 years and yeah a yeah. group of friends to be like have your token diverse group of friends but no. you no. at least curious right and if yeah. it's as simple as picking up your phone and following your Instagram accounts it really feels like there's no
1: reason to not try to understand exactly so, like don't this go back stuff. to childhood where you flock to people who just are like you right get out there and try to learn and but like I, that's what I love about an innocence of a child an innocence of like little ones before they they're kind of exposed to like you know a difference and knowing a difference they they play with anyone. They play with they don't care if, you know, this person has more money or less money, is a different color, they don't see that. They don't care about that. And I think it's important as for us as adults, even though it won't be easy for us to not see that, it's I think it's important for us to kind of have that child like mind frame. Mm-hmm. Um, when we meet and try to learn and get to know people. Because only that way, like like for example, like me, I'll put my political thing out there because I don't care. I am very Democratic, but I also have really good friends who are Republicans. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important for me to, to yeah. have in my life. Because then that way, I won't have side eye looking at all the Republicans a certain way. That's you know
0: what I was <laughs> going to
1: say. Oh well, right, and that's a lesson. That yes. is a
0: lesson, right? Because same for me. Politically, I was around people who were very similar to me growing up. I move. Yes. I'm around people. And helping to see, and this translates to discussions on race and culture too, okay, yes. this person identifies as completely different as me, and yet they're a good person. And yes. yet we have more alike than we have different. And yet, and yet, and yet. And then you begin to realize these labels or these you know outward-facing appearances, it's just yes. that at surface level. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's it's crazy because circling back to the news thing, people really there is a market and a desire to only consume information that validates your point of view. And this is a totally separate conversation, but it truly troubles me that that's the direction we're headed in from a journalism perspective. But um, this is your call and your reminder again
1: to just you know break that break
0: out of that and just find it
1: different, yeah, yeah, and just get to know people just for being a person. We have so much more in common. Then we, then we don't. Yes, I, don't exactly. I said that right, but you get what I'm saying. Like we have way more in common than not. So, um, you know, and like I, that's important like I said, following uh, different black leaders, because what that does is that tunes you to just kind of what's going on to just, even if you just follow them on social media, check in on their pages every once in a while, you can kind of get a key, um, an idea of what is going on in our community and what we're dealing with, you know? And so like a couple of people I'm gonna tell you, i made a little list, Brittany Packnick Cunningham. She's an activist and an educator and a writer. She's uh, big with the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, Kimberly Latrice Jones. Um, she's really great. She's a best-selling author, New York Times bestseller, Kimberly Latrice Jones. The first one was Brittany Pack- Packnett. P- we'll put a- show notes too. So Nick, send me these on email. Yeah. Brittany Pat- Packnett Cunningham, um, Tamika D. Mallory. Uh, she was very much in the forefront of Breonna Taylor and what was going on with that. She's yeah. an activist, a social justice leader, movement strategist. Uh, Mark Lamont Hill, he is a journalist. He was a host of um, of BT News for the longest time, but he's a journalist, he's an activist. Uh, Angela Rye, who is a political commentator, who Mm -hmm. you can always see her on CNN, but she's also a leader in our community. So these are more of the younger leaders. And then we have the older leaders too, like Al Sharpton and Maxine Waters and stuff like that. But I'm just listing some of the new ones who have really been in the forefront with this latest movement of what's been going on.
0: Okay, we'll include those or email those to me and I'll include those in show notes. I I wanna wrap up with just something fun because um, you are a support for having Across the whole spectrum with me today, it's been a journey. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I want to round out with I know you do a lot of celebrity recording, and um, yes. especially the things that come to Vegas, you get sort of a first peek at some of the fun things and shows that come through town. Um, like what? You know, we we've been on punishment because you know, well, lately
1: everybody's close. I mean, no shows, nothing because of. I
0: know. I know. Well, soon enough, let's yes. put who used to be on the yes. forefront. <laughs> Um, okay, give us some good celebrity like gossip or something that interesting, funny, crazy that happened on a red carpet. Did you cover? Because I know you probably have a couple. Oh, of them.
1: okay, okay, okay. Let me think. Um, Housie. you know, Housie? singer, yeah, yeah. I, I gotta Google her, but go ahead. It's a girl, right? Yeah, it's a girl. You know, Housy. I I we had a bonding moment on the red carpet. <laughs> So you know how I am. You know how I I like don't get starstruck or anything like that's just not me because I I feel like they're just like us, you know. So I never get starstruck or anything. And so I was on the red carpet once and it was for the billboards. I was here in Las Vegas, and I'm like, I had just interviewed someone and I was like taking pictures or whatever, and then I see this girl kind of go by me, and I was like, oh, and so I go. I said, tapped on the shoulder, Halsey. Yeah, you didn't cut your hair. <laughs> did it just come out? Like, did, did you just came out? Why? Like, was like friend, like we were just at coffee last week. I said, Halsey, you didn't cut your hair, <laughs> <laughs> and she said. Like she was my friend. Yeah, and she was like, "Yeah, I did." She was like, "Do you like it?" I said, "You know, it's, it's real short, but I like it, girl. You pull it off." Oh I mean, my off. God. And I was literally like talking to her, like she, she was like, "I do," and I was like, "Yeah." I said, "Girl, let me get a picture, pose for the camera." And she oh was like, God. "Oh, I love it." I mean. They are right. Normal
0: underneath all of that makeup and are normal.
1: Yeah, and I just I I tend to talk to them like I know them, like they're my friends. But that's because I think a lot of celebrities are like my friend in my head. So, well, and also I feel like you know it's gotta be boring to be treated
0: like a king and queen all the time. Yes. Well, they probably want to just have normal conversations with people.
1: Yes. I. <laughs> I like on that same red carpet. Jesse Smollett was, was it the same one? Yeah, Jesse Smollett was like walking by. This is before he became, you know, a little fall from grace. Right. He's walking by, and he had just did an interview with the big national outlets because y'all know, you know, they kind of shade the local news sometimes. Oh, I know. He had just done an interview with like one of the big national outlets, and he was he had looked over at me, and I smiled at him, and he was like smiled at me, and so he started coming towards me to do an interview with me. And his handler, which sometimes the handlers are worse, they're the worst in the story. Yeah. Like, yeah. pulled him, like, no. And he was yeah. like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, It's okay, baby. He was like, Why? Give me a kiss. Yeah. Don't have entertainment tonight, Mike Flag, rude handler.
0: It's like, the next big thing, okay? I think- Thank you, bunny. I received that. that. I
1: received that.
0: <laughs> happen. Exhibit A of Why Hollywood Can Just Suck Sometimes. I mean, it's all about. Status and who you know, right? It's about
1: status. It's about who you know. It's about being stick fan For I feel like a lot of the times, but you know what? The right person gonna take notice of this. So that's right, Nick. Big things,
0: big things are happening. I've always believed that about you, and you know (laughs) I adore you. And I thank you for letting me take you on this. Take you on this journey, buddy. We covered just everything. Tell everybody where we can watch your YouTube show. I don't know if you're. (laughs) End or end up doing a podcast at some point. I feel like you should kind of rip the audio and do that, but anyway, tell us where to find you on
1: social media. I, you know, what I want to talk to you about that because I was thinking about doing that too. Um, so you can find me on social media at only Nikki Bowers, it's O N L Y Nikki N I K K I Bowers B as in boy O W E R S. That's where I am on Instagram and Twitter, only Nikki Bowers. And then on, and YouTube, you can find me on YouTube, YouTube, I'm at undeniably Nikki. Yes. Undeniably Nikki on YouTube.
0: You have to watch the episode about the Thanksgiving edibles. It's so funny. I love, it. I love your sister so much. I feel like she thinks that I'm weird. I'm always like loving her Facebook posts. She's like, no, she,
1: loves, she loves you. And that's and the other, thing I-
0: like once. And I'm like, Fully obsessed. I feel like she's got stand-up in her future. I'm not no, kidding.
1: she would never. She would never.
0: But you got to record her at, at home or something. to make her
1: be a star. You know what I mean? She's like, so funny. She's always like, she used to hate when we were younger, and people would be like, our family would be like, Misha's so funny. Make them laugh. She, like She hates that. Like yeah. Because she's so, just kind of yeah. quick humor, like, quick yeah. mind funny, and so yeah. she's like, and she she hates attention on her, like she hates that. I've been she trying to, try to do this with me more, like we have our own sister segment and yeah. do it all, like do it like twice or three times a month. She does right. not do. She's, She's not do it. <laughs> it's
0: true. Okay,
1: I'm gonna face yeah. stalk her and make it happen. Yeah.
0: Uh, I will. I'll be like, that's your last episode. Thank you, yeah. Oh my god. Okay, Andrew's calling me. Totally blowing me up. Oh, so
1: Andrew.
0: I'll tell him. Um, tell him I
1: said hi. I love me some Drew. I oh, know, God, I love and it. And I love that gray on him, girl. That gray look good.
0: My silver fox. i will tell him. a <laughs> little I said, why is it that you look better every year, and I'm out here shooting needles into my forehead to look? <laughs>
1: what? What's up with that? Stop it! You're still so beautiful. Stop it! You're gorgeous. This is my angry? It's good that he's gray because he, you're gonna always look like the young frilly. Will <laughs> always be the young show pony. I love the show pony.
0: Oh my god, Nick, we gotta set set aside a separate Botox budget if that's gonna be the case. <laughs> so, I adore you, Nikki, Thank you so I much. I adore you too. You I, are the best I love I, you
1: so much,
0: and I'm proud of you too. And I will be. I'll call you offline soon, and we'll do a proper catch up as well. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay, bye, bye, honey. Please, I beg of you, do leave a rating and review on the podcast, specifically on Apple Podcasts, that helps to get these shows out to people who might enjoy them or find them interesting or worthwhile. If you take 30 seconds to do that, I would be so grateful. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next week with more good stuff on We Gotta Talk.